0: All righty. been a while since we've heard from him, and there's so much to chew on. Let us bring in our friend Tom Korski over at Black Locks Reporting, where it's uh, been really busy. Um, Obviously, Ukraine, Tom, is still kind of a big focus, as it will be. And I find it interesting, over the last, I think, couple of weeks, Melanie Jolie... Has made a couple of interesting comments. Not only does she, you know, not only has she declared that Canada is just not a military country, but she says that you know it's her job now that they have to regulate the internet to curb Russian disinformation, and that's why they put a ban on this Kremlin-funded TV. But that's not enough. And her her apparent her mandate now is really to counter propaganda online. She can't be serious, right?
1: Uh, that's news to Parliament. Exactly. Uh, it's not obvious what. Number one, uh, Russian propaganda has to do with the Internet in Canada. And number two, if Canadians want to look up Russian propaganda on the Internet, with all due respect, that's none of Melanie Jolie's business because she doesn't own the Internet. Uh, We have free expression in our country. But we know, Alex, that Cabinet has a fetish about Internet control. And isn't Mm -hmm. it interesting? This is not crazy conspiracy theory talk because we saw what happened in the Freedom Convoy. The cabinet created a straw man. They said there was a Nazi insurrection. They used legislation to invoke extraordinary powers Mm. on the theory that there were uh, immediate threats that were later proven to be unsubstantiated and simply false, and the net result was they really used the hammer against some political protesters. There will be people, Alex, who are strong advocates of free speech in our country, right across the political spectrum. They will go to the wall on this. And uh, if Melanie Jolie wants to get into a big fight over her fake arguments to regulate the internet in the name of saving Canadians from Putin, big fight looming ahead. She asked for it. She will get it.
0: Yeah, but her, priori- her priorities are completely out of whack. Like, I understand you want to make sure that misinformation and disinformation and all those things are, are you know, people are made aware of this and all the rest of it. And I know that they want to push through Bill. I think it's C11 now. C. What did they rename it? They, they they've wanted to you know regulate the internet now for a while. Um, they seem to be using this this issue in Ukraine as their justification. And now that we have this new coalition, that's not a coalition, uh, partnership with the NDP, is this not just going to get rammed through?
1: Well, but it's still going to be a fight They're going to have some problems in the Senate I'm not saying the Senate's going to vote it down Senate hasn't voted down a bill in 26 years But they're even going to have trouble getting uh, this through the House Because it's got an association that's really dark Uh, This is so cynical and contrived It is none of Cabinet's business If I want to sit in my home and look up Russia Today's website What is the problem? What is the problem that cabinet foresees? Well, we all know it's not about Russia today, is it? It's about Canada today, That's where they're heading with this. And so I can give you the list of former federal judges, uh, advocates of free speech, uh, yeah. some uh, former federal commissioners of the CRTC who, who will argue against this and litigate it if they have to. There are people who are not going to fall for this. You're right. It was C-10, then it was C-11, then it was Bill C-36. That's the hammer. Wait for that one to come back. That's the one where they want to reappoint a, a digital safety commissioner was the title they actually used with website blocking powers. Are you kidding me? They just won't drop this, mm-hmm. Alex.
0: Well, they won't, um, but you're right. I do think it's a fight and I think they're hoping that the distractions and the, the, you know, just the massive information coming in everyone's way will will be a distraction for them to push this through, but uh, we'll keep an eye on it. And it's interesting because, you know, while I was away and of course having to read and follow the news the whole time, uh, Tom, what really struck me is just how much of the narrative around this trucking convoy is falling apart and whether or not it's getting the proper coverage is, you know, obviously uh, very debatable. I don't think it is. Um, But all all the things we're learning about, whether it's the CBC reporting on um, foreign funding, that all fell apart. Whether it's um, you know the language that uh, you know uh, Marco Mendocino was using about rapes and all this uh, threats of terror and all these things, all that narrative seems to have fallen apart. And then you've got testimony from the Department of Public Safety, uh, the manager who testified at the committee, Ryan Schwartz, um, saying that the the convoy truckers posed a threat to social cohesion, despite the fact that he could not define what social cohesion is and of course he he didn't want to comment on any of the comments that his colleagues at, like Mr. Mendocino said um, you know claiming all these violent seditions and, and critical you know criminals using social media to uh, you know further political harm, whatever. he can say the statement but, but and make the accusation but what he can't do is back up any of the facts.
1: Uh, I'm happy to explain this to uh, exact, exactly Deputy Schwartz, anyone else in the public depar- Department of Public Safety or Cabinet. Internet doesn't belong to Melanie Jolie. It doesn't belong to Ryan Schwartz. It doesn't belong to the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress or you or I. That's the problem, I guess, for them. I don't even know what social cohesion means. I don't think he does either. But that's a phrase, uh, frankly, a contrived, cynical, and almost chilling phrase. It's like house of special purpose. I mean, (laughs) the words seem innocent enough, but we all know what's going on in the basement of that place. Who the hell do these people think they are that they have to preserve social cohesion and will do so in the name of regulation to save Canadians from themselves? What sort of warped? mindset or worldview would that be? That these little men in Ottawa have to save the rest of the country from ourselves. Who are these people? Well, we're going to find out.
0: Yeah, I guess we are finding out, but uh, boy, oh boy, it's interesting. They come up with all these little interesting names, like what is it? The uh, It's not a coalition. It's a supply and, and demand, whatever they've renamed everything. They come up with these nifty little words to uh, the confidence Supply and Supply Agreement, all this stuff. They come up with these nifty titles for every problem, and and it's completely uh, made up. Um, this story didn't get nearly the attention I thought it should. In fact, hardly anybody is speaking about the fact that Unifor President, or once upon a time President Jerry Dodd had apparently allegedly taken this secret fifty thousand uh, dollar commission from a covid supplier whose test kits he was uh, promoting to employers and union execs et cetera et cetera you know he went away on this premise of, of um, some kind of mental health issue or medical issues but now it 's come out that it was these allegations over bribery and yet not hearing much about it
1: yeah the the implication from a union executive which did a very prompt investigation. They were, uh, we have to say, very forthcoming because it's serious business. This is the largest private sector union in the country, a third of a million members, old Canadian auto workers and the communications and paper workers union. Jerry was the founding president. Well, the implication is... That he accepted a $50,000 kickback and it was only discovered mm. when he offered to, I don't know whether this would have been banknotes in a paper sack, offered to divvy up the proceeds with a uniform employee who promptly did the correct thing, reported the payment and the incident to the treasurer of the union. And this led uh, quickly to independent investigation, Jerry's on medical leave. Uh, Alex, we have to be frank, I know there's, these are allegations. But the implication is that there will be a police investigation. This is not Rwanda. We don't do business that way. That would be a level of corruption that is simply, Mm -hmm. even by Ottawa standards, unacceptable. Cash payments and paper sacks are not acceptable, especially when you hold a position of public trust as a union president does.
0: Yeah, just ask Brian Mulroney, but I digress. Uh, but having said all that, Tom, I mean, the problem is there's a number of problems. This opens up, uh, you know, what if someone got fired or uh, disciplined for not doing a test or if they were against it or what, or if any of these rules that were pushed through by him in the union, you know, there are a whole bunch of legal issues now that this opens up and then it begs the question, did anyone else get kickbacks, whether it's in his office or any office, like who were these people offering bribes to get their COVID products, you know, into the hands of Canadians. And so uh, there might be a very big story behind this.
1: You know, for the, uh, I have to be frank, and I don't say this gratuitously, Alex. They were, they were as forthcoming as, as I've ever seen and more forthcoming than yeah. some federal departments and agencies because they have 315,000 members to answer for. Sure. They, they, there was no dogging of the investigation, and the investigation undoubtedly was, was extremely narrow. It dealt with this 50,000 and that unidentified supplier who came up with these test kits, and they were asked, did it apply to other companies? They said, we're just focusing on this. There's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. because the implication is this is a police matter. There's no other way around it. No one does business this way, and it it goes beyond breach of trust. And if this doesn't go to to the police, well, everyone accepts it's going to go to the police, which is why Unifor uh, was guarded in its comments.
0: Well, well, well. Stay tuned, no question about it. Lots of smoke uh, where this could ultimately become a fire, and... uh... Definitely worth uh, keeping an eye on. Tom, very busy times. Very much appreciate your time on this. Thank you, Alex. That is our friend Tom Korsky. You know him over at Black Locks Reporter. Of course, a subscription-based online. Get the goods. They always do. They always deliver. So a lot of you ask me who that is. It's Tom Korski at Black Locks Reporter. Stay here with us. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point.